Good morning. Welcome to another episode of Thursday Mornings with Alex and Don, where Pastor Don answers all of your questions from theology, parenting, and whether he can tell if you're sleeping in church. Enjoy. Please like and subscribe. Well, we'll prepare, uh, <laughs> Pastor Don. Good morning, Alex. I hope we're, we're starting at this point rather sure. than the other one. Sure. Yeah, yeah why not? Go. Okay. So <laughs> today, I wanted to talk a little bit about a translation, right? So a Greek word. Um, Merim, Merimno. Merimno? M-E-R-I-M-N-A-O. Any guesses? M-A-R-M-E-R. M-E-R-I-M-N-A-O. Got me, bud. Okay. Well, it's the word that gets translated a couple of different ways. There's a contextual word that comes before it in the Greek that kind of lets you tell the basically the difference between fear, anxiety, or worry. Right, okay. And but it's the same word. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that in the Greek it was the same. Now I don't remember what it switched to in Hebrews because I know that uh, well Luke uses it and in, in Ephesians also right when it talks about worries. You mean Paul in Ephesians? Yes, Paul. Okay, right. Worries. Uh, Luke would be the fear not with the angel kind of thing. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I was kind of interested. In what's the difference between fear and worry? And is? Well, it depends okay. on how far you call, carry it. Okay. Fear can be in a moment. I mean, it doesn't take very long. Mm-hmm. But worries are long-standing, usually have a base in, in our psyche somewhere else, and then we just keep carrying it, mm-hmm. building on top of it. Yeah. So it's more duration than fear. Sure. So I would say, like, yeah, fear is like, you know, my son is sleeping in, at night, and, well, maybe this isn't a good analogy, but he's afraid that there's a monster in his closet. Where if he's downstairs with us and we're saying it's time for bed, he's worried about going up there and there being a monster in his closet. At the same time, he's still yeah. afraid of something. Right. In Greek, that article, you were talking about the thing beforehand, the, the article modifies the, pro, the, the verb. Yes. So that's why the two, the same word, but translated right. differently. Yes. <laughs> they think. It, it, it's very much in the Greek, it's the same concept. Mm-hmm. Um, to worry and to fear are the same because one leads to the other, basically, I think is what it says. Whereas in the New Testament, I think they're talking more about, it's actually saying, hey, don't worry. You know, you don't have to worry about this. You don't have to be anxious about something that's in the future. You know, cast that. And that's where Paul comes from because he's basically saying, you've got Jesus. That's right. You don't have to fear. Mm -hmm. But it's such a difficult, it pops up a lot in the culture today. And I'm not saying that it wasn't always around, right? That people didn't, that people have, are, there's more people per capita that are anxious today than there were 20 years ago. I, 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 I think, though, that you have a case. You could say that, yes, people are more anxious today. Yeah. Because we have fewer things that we rely on to keep our world solid. Yeah. For us as Christians, our knowledge of who Christ is, what he did on the cross, what that does for me in the future, how my eternity is put in place, because of that, I don't worry in the same way as someone who is living in this moment, 
for this moment and that's all he's got. Yeah. And last breath is the last breath and then we're done. We're dust. Right. That, that changes our concept and our, our uh, ability to approach life. Yeah. Uh, faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. Hebrews 11.1 1. We have fewer people who are living with lifelong certainty of what their future is going to be. Oh. We are living, and even us as Christians, I mean, I'm, I'm close to retirement age, and what's retirement going to look like for someone at the end of the baby boomer era? And uh, will the resources make it? And then you've got the uncertainty of the political climate and the government's, uh, the, you know, everything like everything. that. I live with a certain amount of uncertainty, maybe a tad bit of worry, uh, not very much fear, because of the way the world's working around me. Mm -hmm. But my eternity, I know. And so once I take my last breath, praise the Lord. Right. We're going to be with him. It's, it's, it's hard to navigate some of that stuff, you know. With but can you imagine living not knowing what that last breath oh, will yeah. look like? Or, or what's going to happen after that last breath? Yeah. Spend all your days toiling, saving, storing away in barns, whatever that. Yeah. Or, or, or worrying, am I ready or am I not ready? Or yeah. should I get ready or should I wait till last minute to get ready? Right. Because sort of like what I'm doing right now. Yeah. All those scenarios. And I think that's rampant in our culture. I'd even say that there are people in the pews of the church that are in danger because our faith has been eroded. Okay. Uh, we've been eroded by the world to believe that this, this promise Jesus gave us, that he would be with us always. Well, will he really? That's a good point. Because I think when we first started talking sometimes, and I think I asked you something along the lines of, you know, how do we know if we're going to heaven? And my response, you know, after whatever you said, I, my was like, I was like, I think so. I certainly don't deserve it. And you said, you know, do you believe, you know, that Jesus died, was buried, and rose three, you know, and rose uh, days later? Rose on the third day. Third day. Okay. Third yeah, it comes yeah. right out of the, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that He is here to save us from our sins, and that's what is afforded to you is that He forgives you. And I was, I was like, hmm, interesting, because I had remember having a dream years before. And it stuck with me is that I, in my dream, died. And then so I'm sitting in this like consciousness afterward. And I remember thinking, well, I'm still conscious. That's a good sign, I think. Yeah. So taking evaluation yeah. of your, yeah. But I was anxious of that. You know, I don't know if I've done enough good things. But learning who Jesus actually is, mm -hmm. is that's not what it is. We are saved by grace through faith, yeah. not by works. That's right. Lest any man... Mm -hmm. Suppose, but we have good, we have works appointed us. Yeah. In verse ten, that is Ephesians chapter two, eight, nine, and ten. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of people that are still pretty anxious about how to handle the whole money situation. Mm -hmm. That's tough. But I think if we can, and it's very difficult, remind ourselves that money and uh, 
markets and things like that are of this world. Yeah. They don't have eternal consequences unless somehow you can use them to bring someone to Christ and turn their world around. What if, can we look at it differently and say that everything here is belongs to God? It does. Oh yeah. And at the end of the day, we all die. Yeah. And God still has it. So if it was never really ours to begin with, we don't have to worry about losing it. We're just stewards of it while we're here. But that's hard when I got to like save up for my kids, you know, future college or, you know, sports and all that good stuff. All that good stuff. Well, I don't, I, I, I think we need to be good and frugal and make provisions so that our kids have opportunities that we didn't have. Yeah. And that's all well and good. The other side of the coin is when I look at the generations that preceded me, like my parents and how they scrimped and saved and struggled to make things happen for me. Yeah. They didn't have the opportunity of my folks didn't either one have a college education, but they helped me have a college education and a seminary education. Yeah. Uh, my there, when I go to my grandfolks, they, they lived on a rented farm most of their life mm. because raising four wild and crazy boys took quite a bit. Oh, yeah. And coming out of the Depression, yeah. my dad was, was born in 35, I mean, 34. It was right at the end of the Depression. Yeah. I mean, not even the end. Of, I think 39, we think, maybe shifted things well enough that it shifted from Depression to World War yeah. kind of thing. But... They went a long ways and made a lot of uh, sacrifices. So I'm where I'm at today. Uh, we need to do that as stewards, making the next generation, giving them as many opportunities as possible. But when I think back, I realize I learned a great deal from their sacrifice. Yeah. You, yeah, you learn a great deal from seeing other people sacrifice and even struggle and even yourself sacrificing and struggle. That's tough. Mm-hmm. Sucks to have to do those things. But that's life, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we've been watching a lot of uh, films that come out of the World War II uh, Depression era. Yeah. And the lengths to which people would go for other people. Oh, yeah, right. It's amazing. I'm, I'm concerned that would I go to that length in this generation? I've got it pretty comfortable. Oh, yeah. And uh, It's easy to say, oh, someone should do something about X. But would we? Would it be me? Seems like someone should do it, but I don't know if I'm that someone. Hmm. No, I pay taxes. There's someone that's supposed to be taking care of that. I don't do it. Right. You know? Yeah, and... I think I've said it before in an earlier episode, and that's what happened to the church. The church used to take care of people in their community and be the only organization to do so. And so yeah. that enamored the church to the community. The mm-hmm. church needed, uh, the ch- community needed the church. And uh, so in one way or another, it supported it, even if they don't always agree. Right. And then uh, now the state steps in where the church once did, and that was mainly because during the Depression era, there was the church didn't have the resources to do it. Yeah. Even the gathered church couldn't do those kind of things mm-hmm. because the whole community was hurting. Right. And so 
we sort of lost our opportunity or mm -hmm. it was taken from us. Yeah. Um, is fear and anxiety a sin? Mm-hmm. Oh, you think so? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, if you fear to the point of, of uh, paralyzation, then do you believe in God? Do you believe there's a wider purpose? Do you believe he's going to be there? He said he will never leave us nor forsake us. So fear would be saying, well, I think he might have already. He left me and forsake me. I see what you're saying. And so uh, if you are fear or to the point of paralysis or, or worry to the point of paralysis. Then you're not then, trusting. Then you're not trusting and that, yeah, that's a sin. Would that be a good, good, uh, a good sign that your faith is maybe a little weak? Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Now, and I would caution everybody, don't ask God to strengthen your faith because then it's sort of like patience. Lord, give me patience and give it to me now. And yeah. usually God is very good to give you situations that just, just try your patience to the end. And so in the same way, he will test our faith mm -hmm. to see what it's made of. Sure. That's tough. Um, Consider what, it pure joy, my brothers. So, yeah, okay, so we covered why shouldn't we be have fear or be anxious. Um, and then obviously there's a value of not necessarily conquering it, but understanding to put aside that, you know, that fear of the future, that anxiety that takes, you know, a hold of you. But, I mean, there's a lot of people that can't mentally deal with it. Like, that's one of, like, out of, like, the top, prescription meds that are passed out one of them is anti-anxiety medications because we, we just can't deal with the impending you know future like uh, postpartum depression has mm -hmm. a lot of uh, anxiety things which is of course why wouldn't you be a little bit anxious if not overwhelmingly anxious of the now huge responsibility you have with a child that you have to take care of that's a lot of weight I guess I'm asking you know, the, the medications that we have, is that kind of something that can help? I've Neither one of us are doctors. Right, yeah. And, and I, I can see them being used as a bridge. Yeah. But because we are chemistry. Right. And, and they're, they help us with our chemistry to get back where it was. That being said, you can actually, by building your faith, change the chemistry of your mind. Oh, yeah. And I believe also by the things that you read and fill your mind with, you're actually changing the electrical uh, pathways in your brain so what i'm saying is this faith thing isn't just some nebulous thing out in the out in the world somewhere by building your faith strengthening your faith you're actually changing the way the electricity goes in your mind mm -hmm. the way you think right and i think you might have to use a med for a little bit to get that started but keep it going. Right. And, and find those things that build your faith and keep it moving. Uh, keep it building, growing, getting stronger. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you endure trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, and perseverance, when it's finished its work, leaves you mature and complete, not lacking anything. And Paul says the very same thing, or very similar thing, in Romans chapter 5. I... I, I I apologize, I don't have that nearly well as memorized as the other. But he comes to it and says, 
And of course, I've got something on top a of giant it. Giant sticky note. Yeah. Giant sticky note. That was a sermon. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. Some of the most hopeful people I know are those who have gone through trials and tribulation and come to the other side praising the Lord that they got there. Yeah. And if you hadn't had them, would you ever get there? And I'm beginning to wonder if our life has been so soft yeah. that it's affected our faith, yeah. that it's affected our hope. Yep, softened us. Because my grandmother had a whole lot of hope and faith, but she'd lived through the Depression. Right. Yep. And she knew how God had delivered her. That's right. There's a, you know, there's a lot of... Uh, quotes surrounding you know anxiety and stuff and there's a few of them that i thought were kind of interesting it's like um nothing just diminishes anxiety faster than action because mm -hmm. a lot of that just idle worrying go go do the action you know go do the thing that you're worried about let's go you got to start on it well adrenaline yeah let's adrenaline go. will counteract that. yep yeah the blues mm -hmm. it's a chemical reaction that's right and well, not only that, but ask. But you got to get the motivation to get the action. That's right. And sometimes you have to just get that from out of thin air. Yep. Yeah, they think that there's some scientists that have found that um, the uh, chemicals in your brain that the... So let me try to figure out how to Neural pathways? To yeah. The, the, the depression or the anxiety, whatever chemical works in that way, is is actually the byproduct of not no action. Once you have started the action, it it counteracts that. So one, it's right. the anxiety exactly. is not the symptom. The inact the inaction is the symptom of the anxiety, which is which is so strange to think of it how it's backwards. But in our head, it seems that it's right. I have this is which is why I can't do that. But no, it's, you're not doing that, which is why you, why have, you have this. this. Exactly. And that's why I think it's so important that we take that verse 10 of Ephesians 2 seriously to figure out what has God created as my work, yep. as my passion. Yep. In other words, he's created me in a unique way with this certain kind of wiring, mm -hmm. and I need to find out where God wants me to be, that's right. what he wants me to do. Where can I be a part of his bigger plan? And be a steward of what he gives to mm -hmm. me. When we find God's passion or his passion for us, we then can start to move in ways that not all, uh, yeah, we like it. We like it. We enjoy it. It's work that we find satisfying. Yeah. But we also find it's glorifying God. That's right. It's not just glorifying me. It's glorifying God. Yeah. Can you be in a better spot? No. So if you're suffering, you got to just go on and do it. Go glorify God. Right. If you can't, ask God for help. Right? Right. Glorify That's, him. Cast all those fears and doubts and anxieties on him, right? Right. Uh, but but we, we had a whole uh, series 
called Work is Worship, where we worked to find our passion so that we could live in our passion in our work. Yeah. And give it to God as a as an offering. Right. Toil and trust. Something mm-hmm. like that, right? I like that. Yeah, it's not so bad. I think a lot of anxiety. Is that original? That is. <gasps> it's original to Alex. Yep. I'll write that down somewhere. Yes, please. Yeah. Work and trust. Because there's a lot of, you know, anxiety is boiled down to, you know, it's about worrying about tomorrow. It's not about you're worrying about tomorrow, right? It's about trying. It's about you thinking that you can control it, Mm. controlling the future. And I think that's where that anxiety comes from is you not being able to control something that's going to happen. And that causes so much pain. Well, and then bringing us to inaction because I'm thinking if I made the wrong action, then it'll make things worse. And I don't want to do the wrong action, so I'll just do no action. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe Satan's trying to get in there and do some of that. Yep. Manipulate that that phrase that goes through our mind that gets us in that spot. Yeah. Something from my life is, and it's not like it's a super big problem, but we've got a tractor that has some little wiring thing that's wrong with it. We've had the technician come out. We've identified it. We know what happened. It's and it's this expensive sensor, but it's just the wires that got ripped up because a belt broke. Mm. Better but than the, a mouse, huh? Yeah, better than a mouse. We <laughs> have cats that they take care of the mice. Um, they usually chew and go in somewhere where you can't even get to, anyways. But the sensor, and I know I've resoldered it and made new wires twice now. And when I turn on that tractor, and it still says error. And I know I got to go back in there and do some more looking around, see what's going on. But I have not done that yet because I don't know what I'm supposed to do with it now. And I hate having to buy the new sensor because it's outrageously expensive. Amen. But But when you get to almost the end of what you can do, sometimes you got to give it to a technician. I know. (laughs) I can do it. I don't know. Or the Lord. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I like the old days with the simple tractors. Oh, yeah. Yes. Sure was nice. Mm-hmm. The tractor runs without this thing anyway, so why would it be needed? Yes. And some of the tractors I grew up with ran without a battery. Yeah. Did it crank it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Had a mag. Mm-hmm. Don't touch the spark plug wire, but yes, it had That's a mag. right. Yeah. That was one of my dad's favorite t- tricks. Here, touch the... Mm-hmm. Tell me if uh, I'm going to pull this, see if it... I yes. forget how he got me to do it, but I'd be like, okay. And he pulls it a little bit. Wow. Yeah. Thanks, Dad. The amount of times I let him say, him just go, here, try this, and it that happened, it m- makes me think I'm just dumber than a doorknob. Oh, but look how educated you are now. Yeah. Yeah. But, so, okay. What advice would we have for people suffering with, you know, feeling anxious about the future? And even people that maybe don't see it in themselves. I'm not an anxious person. That's definitely something that I would say is that I'm not an overly anxious person. But I think that's mostly because I just, man, tomorrow is... Tomorrow's tomorrow. Yeah. 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 Let's get today done first. Right. Yeah. And, and Jesus sort of said that today has enough worry for itself. That's right. So don't worry about tomorrow. I think that is in Matthew chapter 6, mm-hmm. about the last verse. Yeah. Today basically carries enough for itself, so let's not worry about tomorrow. Two pieces. One is, are you willing to put it in God's hands? 
And the second is, are you willing to leave it there? Step one, step two. It, uh, our faith is the key piece of taking care of our fear and our suffering and our uh, worry. Yeah. And the uh, third piece would be, don't give yourself time to worry. Keep busy. Keep active. Uh, do things you know that the Holy Spirit's asking you to do. Yeah. That maybe only you can do. And maybe it's only in the circle that you are in. Right. And maybe God's set you aside just to be doing that. Yeah. Uh, people in nursing homes still have a purpose. Yeah. There's a lot of prayer can come up from a nursing home. Mm -hmm. It's not bad stuff, folks. Because right. prayers, prayers needed in oh, these yeah. times. Absolutely. There's a lot of bad traits, not necessarily traits. There's a lot of things that you can feel horrible about, and all of them, I think, stem from wanting a power in a certain area of your life. You know, like with forgiveness, you know, mm -hmm. you don't want, you're holding on to this, this, you know, this pain that someone has wronged you. And you don't want, you're what you're giving them, honestly, at that point, you're giving them the power over you, controlling your you emotions. Are. It's hard well, to, think of it that way but yes you are yeah the same thing with anxiety same thing with a lot of these a lot of these things these pains that we have is wanting to control something that is not ours to control it's all gods it's all his that's right but uh that's been humanity ever since the beginning wanting to control it and mm -hmm. well i can eat that apple yeah let's just eat that apple yeah exactly uh, oh okay good segue good segue what fruit do you think you could throw? What fruit or vegetable do you think you could throw the farthest? I was pretty good as a child throwing tomatoes. Tomatoes? They have okay. good mass and okay. weight for their size. Okay. That's a good point. A lot of water there. Yeah. And yet they don't mush in your hand and you don't lose any velocity in that way. Good point. Unless you get the ripe ones. Well, yeah. yeah I was starting to think like maybe like a orange. But then they're like, they're maybe a little too big. I was trying to figure out the size. Mm. I've definitely like thrown a softball enough times to know that a, throwing a softball heart hurts. Mm -hmm. Hurts your arm pretty bad. Right. No. Shoulders. You can choose your size of tomato because they're Fair enough. just about any size. Fair enough. Fair enough. But then I was thinking like, what about an avocado? It's kind of like a football shape. True. I don't know. I really haven't gotten much experience with an avocado. Oh, Sorry. You don't eat avocado? Should I? I think so. They're one. They're good, man. Okay. And guacamole. But they cost more. <sighs> so, the next time, BLTs. <laughs> do you BLT? Bacon, lettuce, and tomato. Yes. I I don't. I do the bacon. But not the other parts. No lettuce and tomato. Heavens no. They're vegetables. Like. I'm a meat and potatoes man. Remember. Yeah, that's something that I'm sure your heart is very thankful for. Bacon. <laughs> Bacon sandwiches. And don't get me wrong. Bacon. When that when we started first, I remember the first like things about bacon less tomato at my house. I made many bacon mayonnaise sandwiches and they're delicious. But my favorite thing is bacon less tomato avocado. So then you get that extra creamy fat in there. Okay. Because they're super high in fat. Mm -hmm. Right? That's where I would go. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you get to look cool when you take the avocado apart. Because you cut it in half, and it's got that pit, and then you just take the knife and you smack the pit with you the knife. Smack the pit. And you turn it, and then it comes off, 
and then you can pull it off. Really? I just kind of flick it at the trash can. See, I don't have near that much experience with an avocado. I do a lot of cooking, so. Okay. Those are always fun to figure out how to do them. I don't do that much cooking anymore. Yeah. And when I did, it was bread, meat, potatoes. Potato. Well. Things I like. That's right. And I know I like. Yeah. See, I'm one of those guys that still order the same thing when I go to the restaurant each time. I do that, too. Because I know what it's going to be. I don't have surprises. I do that too. And I'm, I don't pay for things. Right. I, I don't like to pay for a surprise that I don't like. That's a good point. So when I go to, out to eat, I want to purchase what I like and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Now, I also, if me and my wife, go, we recently had our anniversary and we went to uh, the Chop House in Iowa City. And the waiter comes over and we're like talking about what we want. I usually have, a, it's a new place. So I've got a little bit of trepidation. Uh, I don't know. Settled on, you know, uh, ribeye. Mm-hmm. I forget what the other piece was. You can hardly go wrong with um, the ribeye. I forget what the side was or anything. But my wife and I have been talking about it and I didn't know exactly which one. Oh, we got it with the side, a lobster tail on the side. Oh, it was, that part was okay. But then when it was her turn to order, no, she ordered first, and I told her what I wanted, and she ordered that, and I'm like, well, we can't have the same thing. How am I supposed to try what you know something else for next time? But she's like, well, we got the best thing on the menu, didn't we? I'm like, yeah, I guess, mm-hmm. which we did. Yeah. So that's a good point. I always order the same thing in most places too. But I like some variety. Like trying new stuff. Not like my son who mm-hmm. just wants the one thing. Nothing off color. I might be a little more like Charlie. Yeah. I'm sorry. I know. But, uh, you get an applesauce that all of a sudden is blue colored? No, 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 blue no, 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 that's no. That's not the way it's supposed to be. Nope. Right. I've gotten to the place where when I go into certain restaurants, they know what I'm going to order. Oh, boy. When I walk in. Oh, boy. Talk about predictable. That's right. And then I upset them if I order something else. Is it just breakfast? No, it's about every meal. Oh. There's one place that's a Reuben sandwich. They've got sure. one of the better Reuben sandwiches. And another place, it's a DJ special. And another place, it would be uh, oh, Giannovi's. It's always that. that. Oh, I can't the even what? recall it. Uh, out in Kansas, there's a okay. certain restaurant. And they even know me when I come. Oh, okay. That restaurant that I want that. Yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. I, I see it on the menu, then I know how to say it. I see. That's fair. Another good place in Wellman, since I'm sure someone's listening from Wellman, but that Bender's Bar and Grill there. I haven't Tenderloin been to Tuesdays. Three bucks for a tenderloin. Tenderloin Tuesdays. I say that's the only place over there, like, he wants a tenderloin, but that's because it's $3. So true. Yeah. Those are good. Very good. Excellent. Well, we've talked about food enough. We kind of got sidetracked there, but when talking about food, I'm very passionate about that. So will you pray us out? You can do that. Heavenly Father, we thank you that because you are who you are, we can be your children and live without fear that makes us unable to do what you've asked us to do. We think of David standing up to Goliath and doing so without fear, knowing that you were with him. Heavenly Father, help us to be more like David. Guide us in our week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Don. Anyone out there, you're dealing with some anxiety or something, you know, bring it to God. Yeah. Bring it to God and leave it with God 
and there's no nothing wrong with coming and getting finding help and it too. sounds really simple yeah but it isn't quite as simple yeah. as it sounds but yeah it's don't give up effective yeah don't give up so don't give up yeah, thanks everyone for joining us and we will see you next week take care thanks again for joining us for this week's episode we are both having a ton of fun making these videos and episodes and if you're having fun too please tell a friend about this and help us to grow this mission thank you and god bless